there and welcome to the In The Saddle podcast. My name is Jesse Fidgen and I'm joined as usual with Chris Loader, Mark Roy Horsey and Paul Callahan. Last week, Mark and Chris tipped 12 to 1 winner Island Brave. So we're looking for much of the same this week as we look across a bumper weekend full of racing action on Saturday with Doncaster and Leperstown and then the Curra on Sunday. So 10 races we're focusing on uh, for this podcast, episode 90 by the way, lads. So 10 more to go to the big 100. So how are we feeling looking at the weekend ahead? Confident. Firsty. That's probably uh, the best way to look at it. Yeah, it was a good, good uh, weekend um, for us financially. Island Brave um, done the business for me and Loder. Um, I think I, I was a bit more confident in running than Chris Loder. He looked a bit nervous um, when this one was handy early on, but uh, never in doubt, in my opinion, actually hacked up under SDS. Um, another winning nap. Um, yeah, thing, things are looking good. So yeah, looking forward to this weekend's action. A lot of racing. Um, I think it's quite competitive, but hopefully we can. Hopefully for me, I can find another winning nap and keep the ball rolling. For sure. Add on to that. What is that? You're going for your treble now? Yeah, so... but, uh, just another ball. Yeah, twenty-five to one nap the uh, week before, and then Island Brave twelve to one. So we'll go for the treble now. And Jesse, make make sure you back this one again. <laughs> what are you thinking, Chris? Yeah. I don't know if Mark's going to do it this week. I think it might just catch up with him. It's about time I got on the, on the nap board. My, I think my nap record this year on the podcast has been abysmal. Um, but you, you never know. There's still a few months left of the year to go and we can always catch up, even though I probably need a few 50 to 1 shots. But yeah, I don't think there's anything at a really big price this weekend. Um, I think uh, a lot of the principals um, will have uh, will, will be coming there to the fore. You know, I, I don't see too many boil overs. I think the markets have got it spot on this week, and I'll probably be copying Paul Callahan and going down the favourite route. So uh, happy days. Wouldn't be like you to follow a favourite now. You'll have to put that nickname to good use, but he's called, you're called lucky for a reason. So it's about time to get it. Yeah, exactly. And how are we feeling? Uh, how are you feeling, even Paul? Looking at the weekend ahead, uh, ten races, some uh, action on your home home ground in Leopardstown. Yeah, it's good. As yeah, it's a great weekend. It's always a great weekend. Just a, a little bit disappointing with a, a number of the the field sizes are a bit small and what have you. But um, quality fields all the same, and what should be a cracking weekend, both sides of the the IRC. And with that, we'll crack on then with our first race. So uh, we're first up, we're focusing on the 145 Portland Handicap at Doncaster. It's a class two race over five and a half furlongs with 22 runners. So, Paul, we'll go back to you then first up. Yeah, just looking at this, with six or seven places on offer, if you're having an each-way bet, I would take a chance on the Stuart Coteau trained beyond equal. Rob Hornby takes the mount. Beyond equal was last seen finishing third of 13 at Sandown back on August the 22nd. Generally runs his race and will probably need to accrue our best to take this, but he should give a count here and he should get should give a good account of himself and he should get a, a decent run for your money at odds. He's best priced at the moment at 22 to 1 with those six or seven places, depending on where you shop around on offer if you're having a need to a bet. And Mark, what are you thinking? I thought this is quite difficult. Um See, just another bottles in this race, just being a bit, a bit high in the weights now. Um, it's the second last time I has course and distance form, but I've went with two here. Um, at prices, there's actually another Kevin Ryan runner that I like in this race, which is digital. Uh, Tom East takes the right, and the yard is flying. 
one well at Ripon on the 9th of August, uh, back back this up with a solid second at your next time out, uh, going down a neck late on. Uh, there was some late money for digital that day, and um, was clipped in quite late. And to be honest with you, I think this one should have won. I think, I think with a better ride, I think Safi Osborne, I think she went too quick, she got caught. I don't think she's had a lot of experience at that track. She's a decent rider. Um, I just think with a more experienced rider on the day, she probably would have won. Um, up four pounds for that, but competitive Tommy's on board should appreciate the quicker ground. So the first one I like is digital at price. Second one I like is that as an old boy in the race, it's a, a sure welcome. Um, does most of the running on the all weather or at Windsor. Um, I do think I don't think he's ever been this north before, but back to a winnable mark of eighty nine. Uh, being a great servant for John Spinning, I think this one can outrun uh, the odds. Uh, I think a big price at the moment. So these two will be the ones that take against the field of digital and a sure welcome. And Chris, what do you have to add to that then? Do you think you'll go for something similar or are you looking at the favourite? Um, yeah, I'm going towards the head of the market here with Hurricane Ivor for Tom Marquand and William Haggis. I, I do think that this horse, um, he, he's he's been knocking on the door a bit this season, an ex-French recruit um, and showed a good level of form when he was trained by Fabrice, Fabrice Chappay. Um has really done well in some decent handicaps this season. It's quite versatile ground gra- versatile ground wise. Uh, posted a really good effort, I thought, last time out. Um, uh, when he finished third behind Copper Knight, we've already seen that form boosted this week. Uh, Live in the moment, ran the cracker and the Scarborough Stakes behind Cardem yesterday. Um, also as well, Copper Knight ran a really good race last week. So um, so did Mondemedge. Mondemedge came out and won. So it looks like a good piece of form. I think this trip as well five and a half furlongs it's quite a unique trip and um and he's got form over six furlongs so i think maybe five furlongs is a little bit quick for him so this slightly extended five furlongs i think will just be right up his street and i think he's really hard to keep out of the frame with, with those extra places and i think he's going to be there or thereabouts. so not a particularly original selection but he's got the form there trip should be fine ground should be fine fair draw lot to like about hurricane either Nice one. So looking at uh, what the lads have rounded up, then we're looking at Paul with Beyond Equal. Mark has a twofer with Digital and Assure Welcome. And then Chris with Hurricane Ivor. Moving on, we're looking at the tw- uh, 220 Champagne Stakes Group 2 race over seven furlongs with four runners listed. Mark, uh, here's over to you. Who are you looking at? Yeah, I think this is pretty straightforward. Um, there's a horse in this race that we all opposed um, last time I was Bayside Boy. Um, he's actually beaten favourite with Smash in the betting last time, finished second. Um, but the, the one I like in this race is uh, Le Seal, uh for Richard Hannon and Pat Dobbs. Um, I think loves the ground, um, improving with everyone, likes to be prominent, and I think Pat, Pat Dobbs uh, can dominate from the front here. Um, only four runners. Had um, Twilight Jet back in third last time out, off the same ways today. I, mean, I really like his profile, and I think he could be a group one contender as a free road. I think it's difficult to get away from here. Um, I think he's really only got reach for the moon to beat. And obviously with the Frankie factor, I remember getting a bit of value off the top one. So Lucille for win purposes for me. Perfect. And Chris, over to you. I'm going with Frankie and reach for the moon. I think he's a really exciting horse. Absolutely bolted up last time we saw him. Was a really convincing winner there at Sandown in the, um, in the group three Solario stakes. He then, uh, before that as well, uh, was a good winner at Newbury. That form has been really well advertised in the last few weeks by Harrow, who was a winner today on the card at Doncaster, winning the valuable sales race there. He won at York as well the time before that. So his form does look 
pretty strong. Finished second as well behind Point Lonsdale, who we'll see on Sunday at the Curra in the National Stakes, hopefully. Um, so yeah, on form he, he's the one to beat, and the the vibes are good around this horse. You know, he, yeah. So Luzel, um, yeah, he's going to be a very worthy adversary for Reach the Moon, but I just think that Reach for the Moon has got a little bit more progression, and I, I think Luzel for me is is more of a, a a a horse for the here and now, whereas Reach for the Moon is a horse for the future, and I just think he's going to continue his upward progression and. And get a victory here for a yard and combo that have had a great day at Doncaster today. So, yeah, not original, but reach for the moon for me. And Paul, what are you thinking? Are you siding with LaSalle, reach uh, the moon, or either of the other two? I've got to side with LaSalle. He's four from five. He's already a dual group two winner and could just get the better of reach for the moon, I think. So that's Mark with LaSalle and both Paul and Chris backing uh, Reach the Moon. So moving on now to the three o'clock Kazoo Park Stakes. It's a group two race um, over seven furlongs with six runners. So Chris, we'll start off with yourself then. Yeah, quite a small field for this uh, for this race. I think you could rule out quite a few of them. I think uh, I'd just rather side with Dania than uh, Lancash. I'm not sure about that. That second place effort at Newbury last time out, I think the the race was run at a hard pace by Nando Parado, and they just set up for the closers. Whereas Dania is definitely worth his place in this lineup. Um, previous course and distance winner ran well here on his seasonal bow in the Lincoln. Uh, finally got his deserved win uh, at Ascot last time in the international stakes. One of their decent handicaps of the year there. Um, yeah, I think he could be a, a group horse in the making. And um, yeah, I think I think he'll win this race. And Mark, who are you looking at for this one? Actually, again, I'm I'm going against Chris here. Um, I'm going for the other Hamden Almick Toon runner, um, and Lang Langclash. Um, I think they are quite close on form. I can see his angle here with um with the second last time I did go hard early, but Sacker's a horse that of William Haggis is that me and Chris have been quite sweet on. I think we've all been quite sweet on this one for a while. I think that form's good. Uh, four lengths behind Mother Earth in the Thousand Guineas as well. I think that reads well. I think this one's the least exposed in the field for me. Um, Roger Varian's stable is going well. And Jim Jim Crowley, you'd assume that he would get choice between the two. And he's he's, he's went for Lancash instead of Dania. Um, Dania is probably a worthy adversary. And once he get in the four pound as well, Lancash. I just think, um, I think Lancash is quite difficult to be here. Um, I've not seen the betting market right now, but I'd make him clear favourite. I'd he'd probably be about five to four, six to four for me, so I'd put him on. Am I close? Thirteen to eight. See, there you go. There we go. I'm, that's we'll why I'm called the judge, Jesse, isn't it? Or that, or the computer screen in front of you. I promise you, there's no prices whatsoever. Um, but that's how I'd put that one in. And I did see last week we got it wrong with um, Hamish. He was three to one the night, and he went off what eight to one, nine to one. That's the price we we thought he should have been, and he he went off that price. That's why I'm called the judge. I don't believe that. I don't believe he hasn't seen the. Promise you, I'll promise you. But yeah, promise you. Promise you. Like, not like seen any prices. Yourself, look, look. There's no prices. Need, there's no prices. When you meet, when you meet someone and he tells you I'm an honest man, you know to keep an eye on. I've never once said that though. Talking in one ear and with his hand in the pocket of the other. Nordy. I don't, I don't yeah. put punters away, you know that, Paul. I genuinely think this thing's <laughs> probably, well, realistically, is, is you're getting 6 to 4, 13, 8, when it should be 1 1. Take that as a hint. We'll see how things change over the next 24 hours, so. <laughs> we put Paul's at a few quid on. I show. Paul, who are you thinking for this one? 
Um, I am thinking glorious journey from Charlie Appley stable. William Buick is on board. I'd imagine William may have had the choice of one or two in this race, but um, assuming he has, he's opted to, to ride glorious journey who finished third behind space blues at York last time out was beaten less than two lengths. And if he reproduces a run like that, he should prove difficult to beat in this one. So we've got a split of the three with uh, Chris going for Danya, Paul with Glorious Journey and Mark with Lankush. So uh, on to the last one, um, last race now that we're focusing on for Doncaster, which is the 335 Kazoo St. Ledger Stakes, which is a group one race over one mile, six and a half furlongs and with 10 runners. So Paul, back to you. Who are you fancying this time? In the Ledger, I think Hurricane Lane is the one they all have to beat. I thought he was, he, he won the, the Grand Prix de Paris at Longchamp last time out. But prior to that, I thought his Irish Derby win at the Curra had St. Ledger all over it. I think he'll absolutely love it around Doncaster. He came, he was outpaced, he got, he got caught in the pocket. William Buick went forward, typical kind of at the Curra. They went forward in the first four and a half or so. And then, you know, there was a blitz from the stalls. And then all of a sudden, the field had just dropped anchor, I thought. Um, and slowed up considerably. And he, he was on and off the bridle around about the half mile marker just before the straighten up for home. But once he hit top gear, um, I thought he was really impressive. He stayed on really strongly and hit the line very strong at the Curra. And I think Doncaster, you know, a galloping track like, like Doncaster, I think will suit him down to a tee. And I think it's, it's, it's his to be lost. I think it's Hurricane Lane for me. Mark, what are you thinking? Would you side with Hurricane Lane at Hurricane Lane as well? Or would you uh, would you have another horse that you're looking at? Oh no, I don't think this is the strongest renewal of this race. My my, my main concern is I'm not sure about the trip for Hurricane Lane. I think um it took a lot of time to catch a lone star. It was a lone eagle that got first run uh, last time out um in the Derby. I'm just not sure about about the trip. Well clear on ratings. Um the ground as well. If this, if the ground's really quick, I'm not sure if, if that's a positive or a negative. I just think um, this one, this one could potentially go off maybe four to seven, one or two. And I just think that's too short. Um, we got Starman beat last week as well, and I just think similar sort of profile. I just this, this, this horse is just reminding me of Camelot a bit. I just think there could be an outsider here who can maybe do the business. Um, genuinely, don't think the form is that great. Um, at the Curra behind Lone Eagle. Um, there's no Godolphin pacemaker either, which I find strange. See, then O'Brien's got a few runners in this race. I think this is going to be a real stamina test. I just, I'm not sure about the trip. So, I'll actually, if Hurricane Lane goes around the four to seven mark, it'd probably be a lay for me in the win. So I'll take, I'll take seven to four to field here. That's how I'd probably play it. But right now, I don't know what what price he is right now. But what price is he? Is he what, even money at the moment? Ten to eleven or almost bang on the money for six. Four to six, right? Okay. If if he shortens up to around four to seven, maybe one or two, you you be laying that. And two to one, the field looks like the bet to me. I'm just concerned about the ground and the trip. That'd be my only concern. And Chris, what about you? What have you got to to come up against that? Yeah, it is interesting, Hurricane Lane. I think Mark makes a really valid point there about the ground. He's not actually raced on anything. Uh, quicker than good ground. Um, he's not raced on goods firm, and there has been a little bit of rain around late late this afternoon. But then it's meant to be dry again, I believe, right up to the race. So it is 
probably going to be on the quick side. Obviously, he's the standout candidate. I think we've been blessed this year by some really good three-year-old Colts, and he's definitely right up there with the best of them. But I, I, I thought there was a few here at big prices. I think the Bally Doyle team are really interesting. I can't have high definition, though, with Frankie booked. Um, he was just a talking horse that ever since his promising run in the Dante, you have to say, he's been fairly disappointing, and he's been back favourite on his last two starts. He's probably a horse that I would be very keen to, to take on. Um, I'm quite interested in Salukan. He is a bit of a, a monkey, I think, this horse. Um, maybe doesn't always quite go through with it, but I just think he's been wanting a, a really strong test of, of stamina. I, I backed him when Frankie was on him in the, in the Gordon Stakes there. An Ottoman Emperor that won that race just got first run on him. Frankie was very patient that day and um, and he didn't pu- push, the, push the button until late and he, he was the one to take out of that race, definitely. He then ran in the Voltage uh, to York last time out Travelled well, but just didn't quite go through with it. But they were over a mile and a half. And I just think these extra two furlongs would really suit him. Because if you look at when he beat Wordsworth, who's been a flag bearer and a yardstick in these races this year, where a lot of these horses can measure their form around him, he did get the beating of him that day. And Wordsworth was the more preferred horse. And I think they were a bit surprised by Salukan. And he's just a horse. I think they've had earmarked for this race. Obviously, there's some other interesting Ballydo horses, but Sir Lucan, I think he's definitely a good each way alternative to, to take on Hurricane Lane. But yeah, he's definitely the one they've all got to beat. But uh, for me, I, I just think Sir Lucan's a bit of value there. As a winner, as she came out of that race, the Curra, because what I looked, everything's been disappointing. Um, next time out, I don't think the form's that great um, for Hurricane Lane. Again, the distance is a concern for me. And if they think there's, if Ballydoyle thinks there's stamina concerns around the favourite, they've put in enough pacemakers to, to catch him out, haven't they? Yeah, definitely. In that Irish derby, I will say that there was one horse that I put up that day at Ellswood. There was a really big eye catcher. Um, never got a run in that race at all. He wouldn't have won, but he would have definitely finished a, a second. He has yeah, he won. He got chopped up, didn't he? He got chopped up. Yeah, he, he 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 has won since then, and I think he is a really good horse. I think he should have been actually having a tilt at this race, but. Um, yeah, I, I would. I would, if I was would have got a clear run that day, I'd like to see now closely would have got to Hurricane Lane, but I think he, Hurricane Lane still would have won. But we should have called Roger Teal and get, get the old ocean wind. That would have been a cracker. Eh? Send him over to Ireland. Could have done a solid turn. Yeah, well, hopefully he uh, comes out of the woodwork soon. I think he's injured at the moment. But yes, yeah, so, Salukin so for me. I just think uh, he's he's a good each way alternative if you want a better, bigger price. That's it. Um, and he's a nice price as well at 10 to 1 currently on the Betfair Sportsbook. That's, um, that's, that's JJ's type of price, isn't it? Absolutely. Five on. Not even messing. Account closed. <laughs> that is Paul then uh, backing Hurricane Lane, um, Mark laying Hurricane Lane, and Chris um, with Sir Lucan, very much Switzerland in this situation. Um, following uh, the action in the UK, we are now across the water to uh, Leopardstown, where we are at the 140 Coolmore America Justify Matron Stakes. The Group 1 race over one mile, and it has 13 runners. Mark, kicking it off, who are we looking at? Yeah, I, I like the favourite here, um, taking Paul Callahan's mantle here. And it, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to disappoint, it, it's pretty... Pray all this way for the rest of this podcast, unfortunately. Um, 
I think Mother Earth looks difficult to beat. People uh, can stop listening now. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Paul, Paul Callahan's back. He's like, damn, he's taking my spotlight. But anyway, um, <laughs> Mother Earth for me for the win. Um, appreciate the quicker surface. I think a lot, the most of these will prefer um, the softer ground. One mil is the, our optimum trip here. Rymer takes the right top raid, receives weight for age allowance. Very difficult to beat. Um, again, I'm not sure what, what price this one is just now, Jesse. Is it 101 just now? Or what, what price is this one? It will be, but what price is it just now? Uh, Mother Earth is 11 to 8 on the sportsbook. All right, okay. Well, you, you want to be getting a bit of what, 2.3, 2.4 right now for it was 101, would be my advice on the day. Um, Paul, are you fine with your friend on this one, or are you going to go for something on the outside? Yeah, Mother Earth will be hard to oppose. Um, but I, I wouldn't plan anyone off having a, a small couple of quid each way on Ancanella, who, you know, might just run a nice race. Was it a Group 3 winner at the Curra on our latest outing? Needs to improve again, but it's only her seventh career start, and it's interesting that connections are lining up here. She's um, She won her maiden when she went forward and was ridden positively, and since that was held up. And it was interesting the last day. I mentioned earlier on about the Curra, you know, with the blitz from the stalls and then drop anchor. It's generally the case here in Ireland with the style of racing. And that was the case on her last run. They, they went forward. And Colin Keane, the the pace dropped, and as soon as the pace dropped, Colin Keane was very much aware. He, he went forward and sat a lot handier to the pace. I think he sat in the first four or five, having originally jumped off. I think he was in the last three or four, um, and she was a decent winner on that occasion. So she might just be a horse that, with with that victory on under her belt, she might just grow in, in confidence here and might just run it a nice race at a bit of a price. It'll be interesting if to go forward. It's a Group One contest, so you'd imagine. Will the rider from the back in order to try and get home and nick a bit of prize money? Or will they go, well, Beckett, she's either good enough or she's not, and try and bounce with the pace and slot in wherever she's happy and, and ride the race as if she's she's more than capable and, and deserves her place there? What's a working span price, Paul? Oh, anything above 10 to 1 or more. I don't know what of the prices are in front of me at the minute. I actually don't have the prices in front of me at the minute. Are you trolling as well? Live from the live from, uh, Whatever booth you're in right now, I'm only trolling Paul Callan. Uh, yeah, no, I think I, um, I, th I think you make a good case there. Um, thanks. Our Lions calling keys. Yeah, no problem, Paul. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I do. Some business for well. yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, listen, we can maybe do a straight forecast here, or when, if Chris Loder opposes us, we can maybe go for a straight tricast. We'll just argue which way we're going to do it. We'll do it reverse. Finally, falls with you, Chris. I'm just looking here. There's there's a couple of firms going four places. If you do want a, a bit of each way but Akinella who's best priced at 10 to 1 but um, yeah she just might run a nice race on the back of that group 3 success last time out could be a nice bit of value on that what are you thinking Chris? Uh, I'm I'm actually um, going to pose both Mark and and Paul I thought Pearls Galore was quite interesting for Declan McDonough and Paddy Toomey has really um started to improve a bundle this year. Um, it's one of the last two starts. She won at Tipperary last time out, where she was a good winner of uh, the Ferry Bridge Stakes there, a Group 3 contest at Tipperary. Uh, that form has already worked out all right. A third place horse, Lock Lane, uh, ran a good race in the in the um, Scepter Stakes yesterday, and she had to give £8 away that day. Um, you know, Paddy Toomey, he's, he, he's more than capable training. You know, he does well with the ammunition, 
he gets. And I just think the nature of the track would suit. The only time she did, uh, uh, she, when she has previously had a go at a mile, she hasn't quite stayed the trip. But I just think she, she's been growing and maturing a lot this year. And you can see it, what, what, what she's been achieving. You know, she's a she's a quick filly as well. She's She's got plenty of speed. Um, she does obviously have to give away the five pound to Mother Earth, but Mother Earth, I I didn't think she was that impressive last time out when she she won in France. Maybe the better ground might see her to to better effect here. Um, but yeah, you know Brian, he's not been firing on all cylinders this season. You know he's had a quite a quiet year by his standards. You know he's he's only had a couple of of big guns with like the likes of Saint Mark's Basilica, um, and that. So I I would. I wouldn't want to be getting stuck into Mother Earth for that kind of price. I do think Pearl's Glory is a worthy adversary. Um, she's, she's definitely an each-way price. Um, you know, I wouldn't be at all surprised if she uh, could take the scalp of Mother Earth. I'm quite sweet on her chances. Be interesting to see now how it fares out on uh, on Saturday in Leopardstown with Mark's mo uh, choice Mother Earth and Paul's choice Mother Earth as well. Paul also looking at Akinella um, as a nice each-way option and Chris with pearls galore. Next up, we have the 245 Irish Champion Stakes. It's Group 1 race. It's one mile, two furlongs and with four runners. Mark, your pick, Love, is a non-runner. So who are we going to go, be going with instead? Yeah, when I've when I done the, the, uh, the sort of homework earlier on, um, there's been a few non-runners and there, obviously there was no prices then but i've still not got any prices but yeah the the original selection was to uh look at paul callahan um the original selection was to uh place lee uh chris loader's favorite horse love but unfortunately this cash machine we're not we're going to get paid but we're going to get paid in another format this weekend um i thought this was really difficult um there's another horse here that gave us a right good turn in the past this poetic flair i think this one was a 25 to 1 winner for us in the guineas chris put this one up um, one one quite well that day. My only issue with Poetic Flair here is the trip. I'm not sure one mile two is what, what this one's looking for and uh, puts me off that. So I thought it was a straight match between Dermot World's Tarnawa and Sir Mark's Basilica. And I've went for Tarnawa um, with Dermot World's. Um, I just think um, it's one over today's trip. I appreciate the better ground. Um, just think. Um, Sir Mars Basilica, I mean, it's only ever one on soft or good to soft ground. Um, I know Leperson isn't renowned for having like lightning quick ground. I just think the, the ground will favour Tarnawa a bit better. Um, I just think if it turns to a stamina test, I think Tarnawa is the one to beat, um, going for six group victories in Arona. I just think, um, think Tarnawa will, will outstay the bottom one. Uh, if it has to give away three pound, but smart horse, I think this is one to be on. Chris, what do you have to say about that? I disagree. I like St. Mark's Basilica, but I do admit there about the ground could be a slight concern for him. However, what he does have experience of is winning a four-runner race, and this could be a little bit trappy. So I like horses that have proven it in these small fields before because it means they can be tact tactically versatile. And Tanawa, uh, I think it's only seven runners, is, is, or six runners is the biggest field she's ever faced. So... I do quite like that angle there of St. Mark's Basilica and gets a three pounds well. Uh, that form in the Eclipse Stakes worked out really well when um, he beat Mishrith, who was an impressive winner, you have to say, uh, of the John Munt at York. That was a that was a good race for, for the grey, despite it only being a four-runner race that day. Uh, I think we were against St. Mark's Basilica that day, or the majority of us were. Um, but you have to say he was very impressive there. He's definitely, I would say, 
right up there, like I was saying earlier, with the best three-year-old Colts in Europe. It's been a good year for the Colts. Um, and he's definitely been uh, Aiden O'Brien's flag bearer this year. Um, lots to like about him. Agree with Mark with Perlick Flair. Don't think he'll stay. Game tough performer. Um, but I, I, I do think this is between St. Mark's Basilica and Snala. But for me, I just think that small field experience, the form getting boosted, just favours it with St. Mark's Basilica. And who are you siding with on this one, Paul Callahan? I am going to side with St. Mark's Basilica. I think it's Dermot Welder said in an interview that this is a stepping stone for towards the arc for Tarnawa. I think St. Mark's Basilica is is on a, a Group 1 role since taking the Dewhurst uh, last October. I thought he quick enough. He was very impressive when, when quick enough at Sandown to take the Eclipse last time out. And I think he'll relish this test. I think he'll absolutely love it. Like I thought he, he raced, I thought, a bit economically at Sandown last time out. He was slightly behind the bridle, but once push came to shove and he hit top gear in the last, you know, approaching the furlong marker, I thought he quickened up really nicely and put, put plenty of daylight between himself and the second in a short space, short space, which is always good to see. And um, I think he relished this and it's the one he won't mind, you know, as Chris mentioned, tactically, if they go slow, he's he'll quicken off a slow pace, he'll quicken off a fast pace, but should shoot, should suit better, theoretically. So I think it's, you know, if he turns up, St. Mark's Basilica is the one that they have to beat. That's Paul and Chris Ooh, with St. Mark's Basilica. Oh, sorry. That's all right. That's Paul and Chris with St. Mark's Basilica and Mark with Tarnawa. So hopefully after a very profitable Saturday, we'll switch on to Sunday where there's more action over at the current. So we are focusing on the 255 Derrenstown Stud Flying Five Stakes, which is a group one race over five furlongs with 16 runners currently. So Mark, who are we looking at here? Yes, it's like a bit of a minefield to me. Um, I'm with um, with the bottom one, Winter Power, Timmy Stubby. It gave me a right good turn uh, last time out at York. Um, I did think Dragon Symbol um, was interesting, ultra consistent for Archie Watson. Um, you know, fortunate not to get the head in front recently. A lot of seconds. They've been running into some good horses. Rohan, I mean, I've got a funny story about this one. Um, I laid this one for a place of 61 at Kempton. It's now read what one fifteen. So what does that tell you about about my betting tactics? And uh, that was an absolute bloodbath that night. But that is a story for another day. Um, David Evans' stable uh, form would be a concern for me for this one as well. Zero from twenty three. Um, with Tim used to be his winner per a massive impress at York and the Nunthorpe Stakes. Uh, drive the Dragon Symbol back in third that day. The second Emirati Anna Frank in this form winning the bet first Sprint Cup at Haydock. Nice little plug there for the company. Next time out uh, beating Starman who me and Chris were very keen on laying. Um, yeah, so winter power for me, um, very impressive. I think this one's definitely one to beat. And Chris, are you looking for a little bit of a look at the Irish there in the Curra? Uh, no, I'm, I'm going with a home runner here, um, a UK-based runner. I thought Glass Slippers uh, would be spot on for this to, to repeat her success in this uh, race last year. She won it last year. Uh, she's a horse that's always campaigned uh, for for the autumn, you know she she'll head towards uh, France, I imagine, on Arc Day for the Prix d'Arbe, a race she's done well in in the past. She always uses uh, that race at Goodwood as a as a springboard, um, and it was a good performance there behind Swayze. She'll definitely be more forward for that uh, for that race. She's very versatile in all kinds of ground. She can go on quick ground. She can go on heavy ground. You know she's a, a really admirable mare now. Um, I thought there was lots like I say about that re reappearance effort, and 
I just think Winter Power away from York does have question mark questions to prove. You know, York is like a home game for her. all her best form has come at York even before that win at uh, in the, in the Nunthorpe. You know, so I, I do think yeah, she she demands respect at the top of the market, but I don't, I don't think she's bomb proof. And uh, who do you think will take the right on the bottom one, and also? Because of the second, Emma Anna, they'll have the form line with uh, glass slippers as well. Which is interesting, isn't it? It'll be Sylvester. Obviously, we should mention. Guess the else will go over for that one, yeah. Yeah, we so. should we should mention that these these are still yet to declare. They'll they'll declare tomorrow, but we do obviously have the prices to, to work with here. But um, yeah, I don't have any prices. I don't know why you keep saying that. I've not got any. Yeah, yeah. Well, apparently, Mark's prices aren't up there. He's got them all written on his arm. Yeah, the exchange is down yeah, at the moment, unfortunately. He's all written on his arm, it's spelled F-A-V, F-A-V. Yeah, next right, time. This is how you taught me to bet. Don't get my secret away. But yeah, win, win that power, I think, yeah, she, she deserves to be towards the top of the market, but I just have question marks against her here. And how about you, Paul? I think the Jack Davidson trained Mooney Esther should run a nice race. Um, Mooney Essa was winner of Group 2, the Group 2 Sapphire Stakes last time out. She's a filly in great form, rarely runs a bad race, and she should give a, another good account here. Yep, so that's Mark with Winter Power. Chris not exactly backing up Mark there with Glass Slipper and Paul with Mooney Essa. Next up, we have the 3.30 Moy Glare uh, Stud Stakes. It's Group 1 race over seven furlongs with 14 runners. So, Chris, who are we eyeing up here? Yeah, I've gone for Ked. Godillo for JR Lines. Colin Keane, I imagine, might get the ride. Um, was very impressive last time when winning at the Curra. Uh, it was yielding ground that day, but she was very, very impressive. She was an odds-on favourite, but she, she did it very, very well. Um, the time four in her race course debut, she um, she finished behind Suera from Dermot World. So I remember actually watching that that um, that race. It was a midweek meeting at, at Leopardstown, and the, both of them pulled miles clear of the rest. Uh, I just think she's a, she's a filly that could be going places. Um, hasn't been missed too much in the market. Is quite uh, high up there in the betting. Think joint favourite maybe in some places. Um, but yeah, I think she's got a really good really good chance. You know, course and distance winner, and uh, I expect her to be there or thereabouts. Mark, what are you thinking? Yeah, I'm, I'm going with um, uh, Dermot World's Homeless Songs. Um, if this weekend's betting goes wrong, I, I could potentially be fucking homeless. But anyway, um, I think Homeless Songs was impressive on debut. Um, done it well. Uh, beat Agartha on debut comfortably. The top one on Just for Brian's here. Looks a smart type for Moyglare. Obviously, Stud Stakes, their sponsor of the race. This doesn't look a strong renewal for me. I just think um, I think Homeless Songs could be a lot better than the, this lot. Um We'd like to see what price this one is for the Guineas next year. Because imagine that would be the target. Um, I just think this one's definitely one to keep on side. It was a big eye catcher. Went in my uh, my notebook. Um, I think this this looks quite weak. I think Homeless Songs is the one to be here. Do you agree with that, Paul Gallahan, or have you got somebody else eye in your fancy? I would agree with Chris in that. The, the Geraldine strain Carragher Joe is is the one that they all have to be. It's always very impressive last time out. But I think Gavin Cromwell's Sunset Shiraz is interesting if taking her chance. She finished second in the Group 2 debutant stakes behind Argatha. 
last time out and if, if Sunset Shiraz is declared I think should run a nice race it's an interesting entry there for the Gavin Cromwell Stables So that's Chris with Car to Go uh, Paul with Sunset Shiraz and Mark with Homeless Songs like you said there he could be homeless at the weekend if his picks don't go in his favour just like the rest of us um, over to the 405 now the Goffs Vincent O'Brien National Stakes through one race um, seven furlongs with ten runners uh, Paul, we'll kick off with you. Well, Pont Lonsdale is the one that they, they all have to beat. And there should be more to come from Native Trail, who was already a Group 2 winner from just two starts. But I think Joseph O'Brien trained Maritime Wings could be an interesting runner here. I wouldn't plan anyone off having a small each-way wager on Maritime Wings, who chased home Pont Lonsdale on his last two runs and might be worth a, a small each-way wager at a price. Mark, what are you thinking of those odds? I don't have any odds, Jessica. Like, I don't know if people are trolling me. It was a me, test if we gave you enough time to check them up. I don't have Mark, any odds. Point, Mark, what price is Pont Lonsdale there? Point Lonsdale is 4 to 9. 4 to 9? That's a Paul yeah. Callaghan type. Well, Maritime Wings is 16 to 1. That's juicy. You know, you know, it's an interesting point that Paul Callaghan made. There. I think if there was a without market, again, I've not seen any markets. This seems to be like the trend of this week's podcast. I've seen no markets. Right? I can price races up, right? But... Maritime wines could be interesting without the favourite in this race. If he's 16 to 1 right now, it's an each way bet to nothing. He's probably going to be what a price, bit hot. What price is Maritime wings there, Mark, without the favourite at the minute? I don't know. There's no markets. I've, I've not seen the prices. I'd probably price him up 4 to 1 without the favourite, 7 to 2. That, that's what price probably be. But I think Point Lonsdale's the one to beat. Um, had Maritime wings beaten on the last two runs, has course and distance form, ground no concerns. It's difficult to beat. Um, I know this one is favourite for the Guineas because I checked last week. It's around 7 to 1, 8 to 1. I've not checked today, but I think Point Lonsdale, regardless of how impressive he wins on Sunday, not going to go any shorter around 7 to 1, 8 to 1 for the Guineas, uh, 2000 Guineas next year. For me, Native Trail has to improve again, um, but is well thought of by Charlie Appleby and Godolphin. Maritime Wings, if that 16 to 1 is available and you can get on, that and there's eight runners, could be on each way back to nothing, because you could see this one placing. So you get, what, three to one, three to one your money, 100 to 30 a place, can't really complain with that. But I think Point Lonsdale's the one to be for win purposes. And Chris, three for three, are you Point Lonsdale as well? Yeah, just, I think he'll add another one next to his name, undefeated, lots of his form as well, stacks up really well, especially his Royal Ascot win in the Cheshire, which just seems to become a, a great race for for um for, for juveniles and then horses going on to a three-year-old career you know it's it's becoming one of the better races at Royal Ascot from the juvenile perspective um yeah I think he'll he'll just win Nate Trail is interesting Charlie Appleby always likes to have a representative won the race with Pinatubo a couple of years ago when he was impressive actually this race last year was quite good because you had the likes of St Mark's Basilica Master of the Season it was, it was a good guide to the to the guineas you know so if um if Point Lionsdale doesn't win, have a look at some of the other runners as well for for next year. You know, I think there'll be a lot of nice, exciting juveniles uh, that will have good careers as three year olds. So, yeah, definitely, definitely yes, uh, a good spectacle to watch. But from a betting point of view, I I just think Point Lionsdale will will win. But he's not he's not he's not really a betting price. Maybe if you want to stick him in a double or a treble or something. But yeah, win only. I, I, it, it doesn't interest me for a bet. 
That's all three lads in the greens. Then with Point Lonsdale with also a bit of an each way focus on maritime wings at 16 to 1. Um, probably worth the punt there, lads, as you have said. Um, over now to the 440 Comer Group International Irish St. Ledger Group 1 race, uh, one mile, six furlongs with 22 runners. Um, Chris, yeah. are we looking at the final race here? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a bit concerned or I can't understand why my selection isn't a clear favourite for this race and this is uh, Dermot Wales search for a song she, she's six to one currently at the moment which I do think is a is a good price um, she's won this race the last two years she's better when the further up in trip she goes she ran like I say a great race in uh, last year um, in here and after that, she went on to run a good race behind Trushan on soft ground, which arguably just didn't suit her. This year, you know, she, she's um, only been seen twice. She's not been seen since the 23rd of May, but that was over a mile and, and a quarter, which isn't her trip. This is her trip. This is her, her derby. You know, the ground should be on the quick side as well, which is key to her. Yeah, I, I think um, I think she'll win the race. Uh, I really do. I, I, I don't think... There's anything else in there that that really scares me? Aiden O'Brien, I think some biz runs won't get declared. Twilight pay, payment looks exposed at the highest level. I'm, I'm looking at the rest of them. You know, d d d nothing scares me for her. I really do think she will she will win the race and and uh, and get the hat trick bid up. So yeah, for me, um, search for a song. Paul, well, Chris is searching for a song. Hope you're searching for a winner here. Who are you looking at? be about time anyway i think before i was rudely interrupted i was just about to say twilight payments who won a ledger trial last time out and i think i think anyway it's difficult to oppose here all right mark where are you sitting well this is really difficult probably the toughest race to be covered on this week's podcast uh looks wide open but aside with uh aiden o'brien's uh santiago um as i know this one will stay and handle the conditions um, question mark over a few of these over the trip. Um, a real test ball playing in Santiago's hands here. I can I can get the angle with Twilight Payment as well. Has course and distance form. As an eight-year-old, though, so I wouldn't be expecting a lot of improvement, but probably bang there. Um, I think there's quite a lot of deadwood in this race. Again, I haven't seen the prices, but I actually thought Search for Song probably would have been shorter than that, six to one. Um, I don't think the bootmakers can sort of, I don't think we can sort of know how we're going to play this. Um, six to one seems a decent price. I don't think that one will be that, that price in the day. Uh, what price is Santiago at the moment, Jesse? Santiago at the moment is eight to one. Eight to one, right? Okay, okay. It's fair, fair enough. Um, and each way bet's enough, especially if you're getting some additional places as well. But I think this this is a really tricky race. It's not one that I'd go mad on. Um, there's not even a placely angle here at all for me. There's quite a lot of deadwoods um, potentially for a boil over here too. But yeah. Uh, the toughest race to to wrap up this week's podcast. No surprise there, but Santiago uh, small stakes only. You heard it here, folks. That's Mark with Santiago, Chris with Search for a Song, and Paul with Twilight Payment. So that's all ten races looked over there by the lads spread across Doncaster, Leopardstown, and the Curra. And finally, maybe we might find a little bit more look in the lads' naps or with any other business, any other horses that you're taking a look at who uh, suits your fancy. Yeah, I can go first. Um, I know this, I'm taking your limelight here, Crystal, there. I know you're <laughs> eager. Jumping off that seat right now, so we can see. But um, my nap, I'm going for three in a row now, right? I don't, again, don't know what price this one is, right? Um, the 210 Leperstown, 
and the Clippers Logistics Boomerang Mile Group 2 at, at Leperstown. We're going to go for Fev Rover, Richard Fahey. Willie, Willie, Willie takes the ride. Um, this one, this one has formulated in with a horse that gave myself and Chris Loder a right good turn on debut. And we actually backed the winner. We backed it in the in the, the place. Well, did we back this one? The distance bit, Sky bit. Was it twelve to one or eight to one? We took about a couple of bags out of them. But anyway, um, yeah, that is the form looks good. And I think the form behind alcohol free, solid um, handles the ground, beating a, a length and a quarter behind Mother Earth. Um, I think I think this one's an outstanding chance this weekend what price is this one five over we'll have to get that for you now i'm like your personal pa now getting all your your prices yeah. up for we've, you we've went 25s tens <laughs> are we going for single figures i'd be amazed if this one's double figure prices five over is just loading up and it, it we are looking at bum, bum, bum. it's after bringing me into five over nine to one yeah same nine to ones fair enough at least that's definitely as a practice that's on the there. betfair sports book now yeah so Okay, so it's definitely not going to be ninety one on the day then. But yeah, I think I think this was a, a cracking bet. Five over, uh, Richard Fahey Willie. So they'll go for free winning naps. That that will be my nap. Yeah, I'll go next then. Um, my nap of the weekend will be in the two thirty five at Chester, where I'm going with a bit of uh, Mancini, going a bit Italian here for for David Probert and Ian Williams. Previously used to be with Johnny Portman, but it just seems that Ian Williams is starting to get uh, to grips with um, with Mancini. He was desperately unlucky in the closing stages when he was just caught by uh, Solent Getaway. He's caused a couple of scalps this season, um, but the pair were six six lengths clear that day. Um, he's likely to to be ridden prominently a front runner. That that style of racing can. Uh, can uh, suit Chester, uh, especially if the fractions are, are well judged. You know, it's a, it's a hard track to make up ground. David Probert as well, but for the ride, very positive jockey booking. Definitely had one of his best ever ever seasons, you know. So, yeah, off a mark of 89, it's a workable mark for, for Mancini. He's £2 lower than it, than his last win. He He's well handicapped to, 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 uh, to strike, and uh, I think he'll take all the beat in, in that race at Chester. Can we go for a double here? Crystal there. We'll do a treble. We'll what? do a fourfold. We'll get we'll get JJ's uh, nap as well. This lads when the phone stops stuff. <laughs> <laughs> get him excited here. Paul Callahan, what's your nap? Give me an eighty to one winner again, please. I miss those days. Even Paul misses those days. He misses them so much that he's on mute. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've only had a quick look. Um, at the race this weekend so far at the moment my naps wouldn't put anyone off having a wee double on Lucille in the 2.20 at Doncaster on Saturday and also in the 3 o'clock glorious journey and there we have it folks um, that just about wraps things up for us then for this episode of In the Saddle we're at episode 89 now so next or we're at episode 90 should I say last week was 89 so 10 more episodes to go before the big one um, so we hope to have found you a winner and that you'll join us again for our next episode um, and meanwhile we hope that you subscribe to the podcast and you can follow us across any of our social media channels at In The Saddle